0: Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message, and may God bless you richly through it.
1: Our first scripture reading is from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We read in the second letter of Timothy, chapter 3, verses 14 and 16, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 27 through 30, we read, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God.
0: Good news and bad news. A sermon is supposed to have three major points, and they tell you to tell people what you're gonna tell them, then you tell them, then you tell them what you told them, then you say amen. And keeps it to something of a finite length, unless you say too much about each point. Good news. What we remember tomorrow is that back in 1517, Martin Luther nailed 97 theses for discussion to the door of the chapel at the Universität Wittenberg, where he was a professor of theology. Let's not dive into all 97 points in a sermon. That's the good news. The bad news is that Martin Luther, as the Reformation went on, came up with what the Lutherans call the five solas. Sola means only in Latin. And in Latin, I'll translate them into English as the five onlys. Only in Scripture. Only through faith. Only by grace. Only by Jesus Christ. And only to the glory of God not of his church, not of a human being. The five only's. Here's the bad news, I guess, is that we're gonna have five points instead of three. Sorry about that. They're all necessary. There were three reformers, and we tend to think Luther, because he put the 97 theses up, but he was joined by many others. Two in particular, John Calvin or Jean Calvin, a French lawyer, go figure his theology is very detailed, structured, and some people find it a little legalistic. Luther said no church should be named for any one human being, so of course the Lutheran church founded in his name. Asked a Lutheran pastor about that once, and he just shrugged and grinned, and said, We're happy with it. Okay. And it wasn't in scripture, it was, just God, it was just Luther's opinion. In fact, Kathy and I. Before I was called here to guest preach for a little bit, went to a very nice Lutheran church as our haven for a while between congregational churches, and it was a wonderful place where we were well nurtured. I was a patient in a military hospital one time, but not so sick I couldn't read, and a civilian chaplain came by. We had contract chaplains that came and visited in these military hospitals, and this Gentleman came in in civvies, and he looks at my chart. We still charts on the foot of the bed. I'm old. No computer screen. He says, General Protestant, pleased to meet you, chaplain. He says, what you reading? Well, I was practicing two things at once. I was reading a biography of Martin Luther in German. He said, I could see, I got a live one. He really thought he had a convert. We prayed together and agreed I wasn't going to become a Lutheran, but he really thought he had one on the hook. He, he was, he was. Then in, in Kneeling, in Germany, one of my better parts of the job was to be the liaison officer to the little town council. Kneeling was part of the city of, of uh, Karlsruhe, but it was a little township where our caserna was located. And the lady to whom I was the liaison, the chair of the local village council, was also very active in that 500-year-old parish that I mentioned. And uh, during that 500-year fest while we were celebrating with them, and in fact, we were able to host part of it right on our, our post. It was wonderful, the American chapel community with the German church. And I said, so in German, I said, so you're Lutherans, right? I'm assuming that if they're Protestant, they've got to be Lutheran. Oh, no, we're Zwinglian. Thank God. I thanked God I had studied comparative religion somewhere in an odd history course and knew who Zwingli was. When Luther was expounding in Germany and Calvin in France, Ulrich Zwingli was paralleling them in Switzerland. And we were not that far north of Switzerland, so this was a Zwinglian church. Not much different. They just read somebody else's history in the process of, of worshiping. We had a wonderful time worshiping with them. I don't remember exactly what order Luther put these in. I should have memorized it. The first one that I'll talk about is sola scriptura, only through scripture. And we hear Paul exhorting Timothy here. Remember Timothy's a young pastor whom Paul had somehow installed or been part of his inauguration of of Timothy's ministry in a church. He says, remember from whom you learned your faith. And in another part of the letters, Paul names Eunice, his grandmother, and names his mother as well as the ones who'd brought him up in the Christian faith. And you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. Now, to Timothy and Paul, that meant that Timothy had been raised in the Torah, the five books of Moses, the writings which were. Proverbs, the Psalms, the other books of wisdom, Ecclesiastes, and so forth, and the prophets, both major and minor. So Timothy is well-versed in what would have been called the scriptures of the day. The New Testament still had a few decades before it was going to be nailed down what was going to be in it, what we'd call the New Testament. But he says that make sure that you know that the all scripture is breathed out by God. That has inspired scripture, the scripture that would be coming from God's word through his prophets and apostles, that has stood the test of time in the church to be consistent with the teaching of Jesus Christ. And this was perhaps a premonition on Paul's part, because within a hundred years or so, the Gnostics would try to invent other gospels that, as we read them, they claim to have a sight of Jesus no one else saw. I guess they didn't see it, it's not consistent with the sides that the people who walked with Christ when he was on earth wrote. Everything in Martin Luther's world, all the doctrines, all the teachings of the church, everything that went on was to be tested against Scripture, against Holy Writ, against the 66 books that we know to be the Old Testament and the New Luther sure knew him. He translated them from Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic into German. Set the rules, actually, for the written and spoken German language, because German has so many dialects it would make you crazy. And the Luther Bible is still part of the standard for high German or Hochdeutsch because of that translation. He knew the books. Now, he had to translate some of them in hiding because of those who wanted to either hang him or burn him, in part for doing just that helping to make the Bible accessible between Luther and Gutenberg with his printing press to make the word of God accessible, to make scripture accessible. So that if we listen to Paul's word to Timothy, that the scripture is profitable for teaching, for reproof, that is the conviction that we aren't up to God's standards in and of ourselves. That's what the reproof is. For correction, when we take a brother or sister in our arms and whisper in their ear, not quite the right path, my beloved. Let's find God's path. To be done gently, but in the light of God's word. And for training us then in once saved, how do we behave? The training in righteousness How, in gratitude to God, not because we're made perfect, but because we are saved and made loved, how are we to behave? God's Word again. Do you know what a preacher is doing when he preaches this? Every word I dare say from this pulpit, hear it in the light of God's Word. Tell your deacons to take me aside if I stray. I don't mean to. But I can fumble too. Any preacher can. Any preaching you hear on the radio through a a blog or anything you watch on television, listen to it in light of scripture. That's what Luther told people then. When you hear the church speak, and he thought the church had strayed a bit from God's word, come on, behave. Sola fide, only in faith. Only in faith in Jesus Christ and through him faith in God will we be saved, not works. There was a poem extant in, in in Martin Luther's day that Luther worked against, and, and just, let's just say the gentleman who expounded it was not his friend by the end of the Reformation. Sobald das Geld in den Koffer klingt. Die Seele weg vom Feckfeuer springt. As soon as the coin rings in the coffer, the soul springs loose from purgatory. If you touched the right relics and paid the requisite gifts, you could reduce your time spent in purgatory before you went to heaven. Uh, Purgatory in Scripture. Neither is the buying your way out of it by what were called indulgences. There are, even in the modern world, for some older folks, for some traditions, a little bit of a holdover in the back of the head about buying your way into heaven quicker. Luther got in great difficulty with the powers that were, preaching against that, and it's only by faith, not by particular works, not by particular gifts. Are we to do good works? Yes. Are we to give gifts? We just did. But that's ingratitude for the salvation we receive in faith. It doesn't do the work of salvation. It is a grateful response to God's infinite love poured out on us, that we pour it out on others through those works, through that faith. Only by faith. say, so how do I come to have that much faith? How do I know i got enough faith? You ask for it in prayer, and God gives it in grace. Grace, if you look it up in the dictionary, is unmerited favor. It's a gift you couldn't earn if your salvation depended on it. And part of that gift in grace is that faith that, yeah, the mind gets involved, yeah, the reading gets involved, yeah, the preaching gets involved, but real heartfelt faith is a gift through the grace of God. And as Luther wrote to to a woman who, with whom he had a correspondence, and she said, uh, Brother Martin, how do I know I'm really saved? How can I be sure? And Dr. Martin wrote back to her and said, my dear lady, you can't be certain. But the fact that you're so concerned is a very good sign. If you're that concerned to want that kind of faith, God is eager to grant it in grace, that gift gift can't be earned comes through grace. There are people who will say, come to my way of teaching, come to this particular doctrine, focus on this particular thing. My One of my uncles, may he rest in peace, many years ago, got convicted in a church about the rapture. If you want to go nuts, read the book of Revelation and try to figure out the timing of the rapture and what's really going to happen. A couple of pastors wrote a whole series of books and made some movies about it. They weren't bad books; they were okay. I think they added a little detail to what God gives us in His Word. But my uncle was was pounding on me, as other people have done since I've talked about it. He got hung up on this one point: if I didn't believe in the rapture, I wasn't going to be included. And I had to believe in the rapture, and he was playing cassette tapes, that's how long ago it was, there weren't blogs yet, and kind of haranguing me, and he had the bumper sticker, in case of the rapture, this car will be unmanned. You ever see those? Anybody else? No, I'm that old. Okay, others have seen those once or twice, they weren't that common. But my faith was not complete in the eyes of my uncle, and he he cared about me, or he wouldn't have done that, I guess, but... If I didn't believe in the rapture, I didn't have the right gospel. It's not the rapture. It's not a particular preacher. It's not a particular world religious leader. Sola Christe, only in Christ. Do we have the image of God the Father as we hear in Matthew 11 only in Jesus Christ? do we come to have that connection with God? That faith that brings us salvation through his life, his love, his teaching. Yes, his crucifixion. And his resurrection to eternal life. There we have our salvation. There we have our faith. People from the outside look at it and say, well, you know, that Christian Bible, that Christian faith, and even the Old Jewish faith under the Pharisees is a whole bunch of thou shalt nots. It's unfortunate that some of the wording of the Ten Commandments does start a lot with thou shalt not. And that's what people, well, it just tells you what not to do. All those thou shalt nots just constrain you from from what feels good in life or what other people are doing around us or what the, the culture says is just fine. Only in Christ and it doesn't need to be burdensome. Now, part of the legend, part of the story in between, remember in scripture, the last we hear of Jesus in the gospels, he's 12 years old and he misses the family movement home from a holiday in Jerusalem. And mom and dad have to go back and fetch him. Where is he at the temple? answering questions of the, the scribes and the Pharisees and the elders of the temple and astounding them with an insight. Well, it's his father's word after all. Of course he knows that it, he was there when it was written and spoken. But in the between years, we think, we believe, we, the, the stories are that his foster father Joseph was a carpenter. And logically, in a little town like Nazareth, son would follow father in the trade. If you've ever watched the series The Chosen, and I commend it to you on television, it's through, through an app, it's free to watch. They ask, they ask a gift to support the next year's season, but it doesn't cost you to see it. And in that series, they show Jesus as a carpenter teaching the children to make wooden toys. You, okay, good. I got at least one enthusiastic nod of somebody else who saw the, that, that episode. Beautiful episode, wasn't it? Looking for season three, I'm with you. Jesus was renowned as a carpenter and it's believed perhaps that one of the signs they might have hung in front of Joseph and Son Carpentry Shop was the easiest yokes in Galilee. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Easy in terms of a yoke. A yoke was often in tandem, could be single, But usually a tandem for two oxen or two donkeys or match set. It's hard to mismatch the animals because of the size. And if yoke was easy, you scratch your head and say, pulling a yoke does not sound like an easy chore, even for an ox or a pair of them. Easy means well-fitted. You didn't buy a yoke off the rack and expect it not to chafe your animals, which would make them pull tentatively and, It's a mule, they balk against it, or a donkey. An easy yoke, you bring the critter, the carpenter cuts it out, and he sands and he finishes, and you you bring the critter for another fitting. It's like a wedding dress, doesn't it? But anyway, or a nice suit. But they bring the, the critters, and that yoke is fitted until it's easy, until it doesn't chafe, until it allows for good hard work without hurting. It's not a bunch of thou shalt nots. It's a light burden and a well-fitted yoke. It's a sure well-fitted footed to you. That's the burden of Jesus. I know I'm gonna make some people think of a song. It's an old story of a Scottish preacher. And he sees a little boy who has his younger crippled brother on his shoulders as they walk along the city street. And he says, it's quite a burden you're carrying, lad. Kid says, father, it's no a burden. It's me little brother. Uh, If you're not thinking of he ain't heavy, he's my brother, I have failed. Because that runs through my head every time I read this story. That's no a burden. That's my brother. So is the yoke of Christ. It's not a burden. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And we are called to carry that burden. The yoke is easy. The burden is to be light. That's Christ. Scripture. Faith. The grace that gives the faith. The Christ who is the focus of that faith and of our salvation. And then only, sola, only to the glory of God. Not the glory of his church, not the reputation or the size of attendance or the reach online or the eloquence of a preacher, not to the glory of anything earthly. All glory in God's church, all glory in the works of a believer, all glory that we can try to generate is not earthly glory. It's glory to God. If people see the good works, if people hear the good word coming from God's church, and they say, what's different to the glory of God? The word of Jesus Christ to the glory of God the Father. If they ask more detail, we'll be happy to tell them. But that's where it has to start. Luther was trained as a lawyer first, like John Calvin, so his his teachings sometimes come with lists. I need lists sometimes as as an engineer at heart. The five onlys. The five onlys of the faith. And we, I know we call ourselves Congregationalists, but in history of, of faith, we are of the Reformed Church. We are out of the teachings that... Luther started the firestorm and Calvin jumped in it and Zwingli and others, Melanchthon and others jumped in it over the course of nearly a century. It even reformed a church that was against the Reformation. We need to continue to reform and be reformed in the basic points, starting in God's word, ending in God's glory. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen thank you for having joined us for first word from first church we pray that god has blessed you in some way in his way through the message that we have just shared with you please join us again may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you may the lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace Amen and amen.